you. Time is running, as you can see. This is Friday afternoon, and uh, uh, it's amazing, you know, how how time is uh, being swallowed up when we are really in in uh, a learning process. Um, this afternoon, I want to uh, continue with my subject, but I want to jump a little bit from where I've been. Uh, don't forget, we are looking at uh, the Ecclesia of God, and we want to to understand the true image the Ecclesia of God is supposed to take shape in our life, in our, in our community. Okay, there's so much of the wrong kind of uh, grouping, some wrong kind of fellowship, wrong kind of, uh, uh, we call it church, you know, but uh, there's a wonderful, powerful blueprint that is in the Word of God. So let's go together to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and please, uh, I'm jumping some chapters because uh, the time is not with us. We could have gone through uh, the whole book of uh, 2 Corinthians, but uh, I want to go to chapter 10. Please read also the other chapters. So much value in there. Chapter 10, 2 Corinthians, verse 1. By the humility and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold towards you when away. I beg that when I come, I may not have to be bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that when I live by the standards of this world, for so we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. Now, understand that Paul is writing into a situation that was uh, uh, causing a lot of uh, upheaval in the in the city of Corinth amongst the believers. Okay, there were people who um, did not listen to authority. People who were doing who, who got involved in all kind of sinful activity, and uh, that's why the letter that was written in between first and what we know second Corinthians was a very tough letter and uh, caused a lot of. Uh, uh, you know, pain and, and tears in many people's lives. And of course, here uh, we, we see a follow-up. Uh, what we do not see is what the Corinthians have written to Paul, okay? We can only assume that there were certain things that were communicated, and then, of course, Paul is answering again. But uh, nevertheless, we see some very important things. Now, uh, as Paul is entering into this uh, uh, difficult kind of relationship issues, he first of all uh, begins to humble himself, okay? He says, by the humility and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. Okay, I'm not coming like a tank, 
Okay, I'm not coming with bombs and bomb and shell your, 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 your positions, but I come to you in the humility and gentleness of Christ. And I think this is extremely important. You know, uh, no, matter, no matter how much authority we may have, and uh, one thing you must understand that uh, the Apostle Paul had a lot of authority. Okay? Why would he be uh, the most prominent writer in the New Testament uh, if not that God has given him that authority? Okay? So he had authority. He could come with a bang and he could have just put everybody in the right place. But he is actually taking the very stance of Christ Jesus, okay? Who was not looking at the other interests only, I mean, not at his own interest only, but at the interest of everybody else. And of course, that is the appeal that Paul makes, like in the book of Philippians chapter 2, that we should not just be looking at our own interests, but at the interests of everybody else. You know, we, we must understand that while we may have a position and we may see people in a certain way, they also have a position. Okay, they also have feelings. And sometimes, you know, you, you clash with those feelings and those positions. And, you know, that's why it is important for us not to come uh, high-handed, but that we are willing to come in humility and gentleness, just the way Christ came. Now, we know that Christ had power. He had the authority. He could do anything he wanted. And, you know, at, at, at one time he took a whip and he... He was throwing out the, the, the money changers and the, the, the people who were selling uh, animals in the temple. But under normal circumstances, he was not coming like that. You know, he came with the humility and with the gentleness in order to bring the good news. And we must understand that our ministry, is, uh, so uh, it's a it's the most powerful um, ministry that you can ever have in the world, you know, that, that has uh, authority, that has power. Because nobody carries the word that has created the world. It's only us. Okay? Uh, of course, a lot of people will look down on you, will look down on us as uh, uh, people of, of God, people, uh, you know, carrying the word of God. But we ourselves know, we know better, okay, that the word we carry is the most powerful weapon in the world. Okay, the word of God will always stand when everything else has fallen. Okay, because the word of God is forever; it is eternal. And 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 we must be aware of that. So yes, we have authority, amazing authority, but the way we handle that authority is very important. So when Jesus came, he could have come and uh, just. Uh, you know, done away with all the evil and the sin that, that was in the world. He could have come like a bulldozer and, you know, removed everything. But he didn't, okay? No, he was actually appealing to the hearts and minds of the people. He was preaching the word of God. He was giving them parables so that they would come to their senses, so that they would be able to re- respond to the word of love and the word of truth. And, you know, we must never forget that our ministry is, 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 is hanging in the balance of the values of Christ. Okay? 
our ministry is hanging in the balance of the values of Christ. You can, you can use the word of God and uh, do injustice to the word of God at the same time. Okay? If you are abusing the word of God, then you don't do justice to the word of God. Okay? So, the way we handle the word of God, despite all the power that it has, despite our authority that we have, you know, some of us, we, don't, we are not really aware of the authority that we have in the word of God. Sometimes we get very intimidated, we get very, uh, you know, very much defensive, but we don't have to be defensive because what we carry is given to us by the creator of the heavens and the earth. Okay? What we are given is, is what remains forever. When everything is said and done, when everything is gone, the word of God will still stand. Okay? As I said earlier, you know, the word of God remains. Not even the smallest iota, the smallest, you know, just, it's just a, an apostrophe. Not even the smallest letter will go away. You know, it will not fall to the ground. Everything will be fulfilled. And that is the word that we carry. So you can see, you are, you are one of the most privileged people on earth. Okay? Now, some people think, okay, yes, uh, I'm a privileged per- per- person because I've got so many people. Or because I have uh, the, uh, the, the opportunity to be a chief in my, in my place. Okay, and you know, there's a lot of thinking coming that comes from the world system. But our privilege is not that we are having authority over other people in a worldly standard. But our authority comes straight from within the word of God. Okay, that is what gives us authority. Provided we are, we are really carrying that word of God with honor and with dignity and with humility. Because we must never abuse the word of God as we have said, seen earlier, but we must always make sure that we are giving you know, the justice to the word of God that belongs to it. So, uh, Paul now has a difficult uh, task to address the issue that has caused a lot of uh, trouble in the church of Corinth. And uh, before he goes a little further... He first humbles himself. Okay? That is the mighty apostle Paul. He says, by the humility and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. Okay? Not I hammer you. Not I push you in the corner. Okay? But I appeal to you. Okay? So in other words, when you have got issues to resolve, especially difficult issues, Try to get to the level of the people you are talking to, okay? Even if that may make you really humble yourself. I appeal to you. I, Paul. And then, of course, he says some things that he is accused of, okay? (laughs) He says, I, Paul, who am timid when face-to-face with you, but bold towards when you are away. So what they accused of uh, Paul of is that, you know, he's, he can only be powerful or strong when, when he writes a letter, then he, he comes with a, with a hammer, okay? But when he comes, then he has got no power to speak. So Paul is addressing this issue. Of course, people do not understand why Paul 
is not coming uh, in, the, in the force of the, of the worldly authority. Okay, because that is not his interest. But of course, there are people who are expecting that. Okay? There are people who are saying, you don't have power unless you are, you are really coming with the hammer. Okay? No, actually, there is power which is greater than the power of Satan. Okay? Right now, we have uh, war going on in, in Europe, you know, and uh, it's very sad that we have to witness such kind of uh, situation. But there are people who are coming with, with the, the power of tanks, not one, two, three, or five, but, uh, you know, 150,000 people and, I don't know, thousands of tanks, you know. They are just trying to wipe everything out. They think that is power. Okay, yeah, humanly speaking, that is power, but actually that's not authority. That's the power of Satan, you know, that's the power of darkness. But that power will eventually lose, okay? And Paul, Paul is fully aware that he will never use or utilize the, the power of the world, but he, he knows where the line is to be drawn between the system of the world and his authority in Christ. So he addresses this issue. He says, you, and, and you know, maybe I add here, because this is actually what, what it means. I, Paul, who you say I'm timid when I'm face to face with you, but bold towards you when away. I beg you, I beg that, uh, I beg you when, that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to, to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of the world. So in other words, Paul says, actually, I don't want to be using that boldness, isn't it? If you force me, I can be, <laughs> but it's not that I want that, okay? Because some people, they say, if you don't come with a tongue, you cannot do anything. But you see, Jesus has overcome the power of, of hell, the power of darkness, simply with the word it is written, isn't it? The devil came with all kind of uh, artillery, you know, all kind of stuff, uh, and eventually he managed to get him to the to the cross. I mean, can you imagine the abuse that Jesus suffered when they when they beat him, when 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 blood was flowing down his body all over, you know? Uh, they, they 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 really used the force of the world to try to 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 to, to reduce him to nothing, but it could not reduce him. Okay, he could not reduce his authority. Paul said to him, don't you know that I've got the power? And Jesus said, you, didn't, you wouldn't have the power if it was not given to you from above. So, you know, uh, people can show off with their, with their uh, strengths, the strengths and the power of this world, but we must understand that the awesome power that we have is a power for life and not for death. Okay, is a power to do good, not for us to to be naughty, okay, or to push other people around. So uh, Paul says, okay, you call me timid, fine, that's not a problem. But I beg you that when I come, I may not I may not have to be bold. So in other words, don't force me. Okay, don't force me to 
use the, the fist of authority, but allow me to guide you in a gentle way, in a way of uh, humility. That's the way of Christ. Okay? So Paul makes a very clear uh, distinction between uh, the standards of the world and the standards of the kingdom of God. And he makes it clear, yes, we live in the world. We are just as, part, as much part of the world as everybody else is, as, as people of God. But so we live in the world, we do not wage war the way the world does. Okay? And you see, this is where the problem is today in the, in the contemporary church. I deliberately call it contemporary church. Because the contemporary church is not what it ought to be uh, according to scripture. The, the ecclesia of God. The contemporary church has become a church of the world which uses the weapons of the world. Okay? Very sad. That's, but that's the reality. Okay? But Paul says, yeah, we live in the world, but we do not wage war as the world does. Okay? So we come with humility and gentleness. Okay? We come willing to bow and come to your level in order to, to speak to you and convince you of the truth and of, of righteousness. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. Okay? That's very important. Now, we have weapons. But you know what our strongest weapon is? Everyone should know that. Okay? Our strongest weapon is the word of God. A double-edged sword. That weapon Jesus employed in a very powerful way. When the devil came, Jesus said, it is written. And you know, do you know that there was no fist fight in the, in the desert, in the wilderness, where Jesus was with the devil? There was no measuring of, okay, who is going to, who is going to carry the day? No. You see, a lot of things that we are hearing today, you know, what, what, what takes place in some of the meetings that are happening, they are right outright from the, from, the, from the playbook of the world. Okay? You know, people utilize uh, certain scriptures in order to show that they have power. Okay? Like, like uh, the famous line, okay? Devil, I will step on you, okay? I'll write a message on my shoes so that you can, you can read it, you know? You see, not, not even uh, the angels would, would uh, have that boldness to speak to Satan that way, you know? So we, we should understand Satan is not under our jurisdiction. He's under the jurisdiction of God. And, and, and remember in the book of Jude... Uh, the angel rebuked, uh, said, may the, may the Lord rebuke you. No, he didn't even do it, even so he had a power, he was an, a, a powerful angel. You understand? So we, we should understand that the weapons that we have are not the weapons of the world. Okay? You know, what happens sometimes in those prayer meetings where they are defeating the devil, where they are binding him, where they are trampling on him, where they are doing all kinds of things on him, and actually, whatever they do, it has no consequences on the kingdom of darkness whatsoever. Isn't it? 
Because these are the weapons of the world. You know, this is like muscle power, not spiritual power. Jesus actually simply, simply employed which he knew was the most important and powerful weapon in the world, and that was the word. Okay, it is written. Of course, Christ is the eternal word. Okay, so he did not argue with the devil. He just simply brought the word of God. And you know, we must learn that this is the number one weapon that we have. Okay, with other weapons that we have, you know, according to uh, Ephesians chapter chapter 10, okay? Or this weapon that uh, uh, Paul is mentioning here, by the humility and gentleness of Christ. You know that this is a weapon? It's a very powerful weapon. It looks weakness, okay? The world will say, ah, what is this? You know, you will never win the battle. But actually, there, is, there, are, there are weapons that are more powerful than anything else. You know, look at, look at the war that is going on in, 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 in Ukraine right now. They come, I mean, the enemy comes with all these, uh, you know, weaponry and power. And uh, so far, you know, the, the Ukrainians, they haven't got much to, to set against it. But what they have is courage. You know, what they have is the, the belief that we cannot be bullied around. And, and, and so far, they have made more advances than the others with all their weapons. Okay? I'm not, I'm not there to, 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 to count the, the, people, the people who have been killed, but according to, to what we are hearing is that they have had more success in that sense than the others. Now, of course, the others, they have got their weapons, and now they're shooting even into civilian houses and things like that, and that's very sad. But you see, the power of darkness will always lose. I liked what the, the president, Zelensky, uh, said. He said, light will always uh, win over darkness. Okay? I hope he's a, a child of God. Uh, but, but, you know, that is true. Life will always win over death. He said that line, and it was actually, I saw it on, 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 on TV, and it was the line which they repeated always, light will win over darkness. Okay? Life will win over death. And that's true. Okay? So, the, the devil can bully, bully you in a, into a corner, and that's what he did with, with Christ. But when everything was said and done, who won? You know, Christ was rising from the dead. Yeah, he could kill him, you know, but he could not keep him in the grave. And this is what, what the, 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 one of the leaders in, the, in, in Ukraine said, you can maybe win the war, but you cannot keep the war. Okay? What this means, you may be, you may be shooting us small and, 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 and destroy our, our infrastructure, but, you know, you are 200,000 soldiers, but we are 40 million. You cannot keep us in the prison. So do what you want, but we will win at the end of the day. Now that's courage. And courage will win the day every day, okay? Meanwhile, somebody sits, you know, hidden in uh, some bunker, you know, far away from people, and he gives com commands. Somebody who sits here, and then the other people, they're sitting down there where the window is, you know? Which means he's, he's a, a little man afraid for, 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 for anything, you know? 
That's, that's the, the typical picture of the devil. You know, he's trying to throw his weight around, but he can win, not win. And, and Paul is so clear, you know, our, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are not of this world. You know, we have the, wep- the weapons that are going to win the day. God has given us the word. He has given us courage. He has given us life. You know, everything that we need is to stay within the, the confines of the scriptures. Okay? So, he says, our weapons, not the weapons of the world, but our weapons, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Okay? Demolish the strongholds of darkness, the demon strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So, the, the stronghold that Jesus is talking about are not tongues. Okay? The stronghold is up here in the mind. Okay? And, and he is appealing to the Corinthians, you know, who have been trying to fall into the pattern of the world. That this is not our field of labor. This is not where we are supposed to operate. Okay? Our, our, our way of life is that we bring our thinking our mind, our desires under the authority of Christ. Okay? That's the issue. The stronghold is not, you know, uh, the weaponry of this world. Otherwise, you know, we would be, we would be lost if that was, was the case. We would, we would not go anywhere. We would not be able to do, able to do anything. But, but uh, the reality is that the word of God has the power to overcome whatever force of this world, whatever force of darkness. And so we, we must understand, just like Paul is giving us a direction here, that the weapons of our warfare are not of this world. They're not carnal. They're not flesh and blood. Okay? They are appealing to the mind and the heart. And of course, uh, Paul is talking to, to people who ought to be followers of Christ. Okay, but there are strongholds of the past, strongholds that are set in our mind. You know, every every dissension, every uh, war, every uh, negative thing is coming from somebody's mind, isn't it? You know, for years and years, that war that is being fought today has been prepared. People have put their mind to it. They have been gathering all these weapons. They have been preparing for that for day for day uh, one or whatever, you know, to say this is the day when we are going to, to enter into, into this country. And this is not the first time. They have done it to Georgia. They have done it to, 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 to other countries in the past. They have done it to eastern, to eastern Ukraine before. Now they want to chew the whole thing. You understand? So people are, are preparing themselves to weaponize themselves up to the, to the teeth. But then, you know, we are not, we are not uh, in that game. We are not, uh, you know, competing in that, in that kind of arena. Our, our fight is to address the mind. Okay? That's where we decide whether to be obedient or to be disobedient. That's where things are being done or not. You know, sometimes we have a wrong kind of uh, perspective. Uh, when, I, when I came 
to the Lord, you know. Um, you know, I was just a young guy, 17 years of age. I didn't have much of a, of a history, you know, as far as some people are concerned. So when there was somebody who was, who was uh, a drug addict and he got saved, they, they, they were like lifting these people as to be somebody special. Okay, as the powerful that we are now getting saved. Actually, that's nonsense. Okay? These were actually the poor ones, you know? The strong ones are those who are having a barrier in their minds. Okay? If we can be able to bring such people to Christ, those are the people who, who need to learn to bow before God. Okay? It's the mind. It's not so much, you know, because honestly, those who are drug addicts, those who are swept away by their weakness, okay? But uh, the people who have got, you know, uh, a barrier in their mind, those who are trying to oppose you in, in, in their arguments and things like that, this is what it is. And that's why Jesus says that he will bring every argument under the authority of Christ, okay? Every argument. Our, our weapons... They demolish the strongholds and we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought that makes to make it obedient to Christ. So it's argument, it's pretensions, you understand? It's, it's the thoughts of the man that are the stronghold. Let me give you a, 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 a news item that was uh, in the news yesterday. You know, there was uh, the president of uh, France, Macron. He was uh, trying to intervene, uh, and he spoke for one and a half hours to uh, President Putin of Russia, trying to argue with him and make him, make him understand that uh, this is not a good way of solving the problem. And uh, at the end of the day, he was defeated. He even, he was, even was very pessimistic and says, I could not reach the man. Okay? You know why? Because he has set up his mind against anything that may want to convince him that this is not a good war. Okay? You, you talk to him about people losing their lives, uh, people are sleeping in the cold, people are refugees. He doesn't care. You understand? Because his mind is set up to something completely different. For him, what counts is only his military might that will eventually take the country of the Ukraine completely and entirely. That is only what he's interested in. Everything else to him doesn't matter. Okay? Women, children on, on, on the run or even down sleeping in, 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 in trenches or wherever, you know, in the underground uh, um, bankers, you know. He doesn't care. For him, that is just collateral damage, you know. So, you know, this is how the devil is. The devil doesn't care for, for people. You know, the devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Am I right? And you can see the demonic power exactly replicating that. So we must be careful not to fall into that pattern 
of thinking when we are preaching the gospel. You know, that's why Paul says our weapons are not the weapons of this world. Okay? We are not, we are not using flesh and blood. We are not using uh, our brain that God has given us for good. Okay? To accomplish and achieve good things. But we are using it to do the opposite with it. Okay? The will of man is the most powerful thing that you can imagine in the world. Okay? The will of man under God can do great things. The will of man against God will bring a lot of damage. Okay? And of course, there are these uh, extreme pictures. This man wants to be known in history, but he will die and, and he will be known as a pariah, you know? He will be known as, as, as a monster, you know? Do you want to be known in history like that? Okay. And what history anyway? You know, because the history, you know, is, is something that, that we will always look at in the future from the light of God. Okay. So you, you can see that there are some people who are saying, okay, let me become a devil. And then make a name for myself. You know? But the devils, they will be unmasked for what they really are. Okay, so clearly, we as people of God, we must not allow anybody to pull us down to the level of the world. Okay, our weapons are not the weapons of this world. Okay, when the gospel is being preached, we must never use the, the tactics and the strategies the world does. And yet, that's exactly what we see happening to a very, very large extent in uh, in our world system today. And please, we must never never fall into that trap. Okay? We must be willing to come like the mighty Apostle Paul who says, by the humility and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. Okay? That is our modus operandi. Okay? That is how we are supposed to move forward. Okay? And, you know, so he, he is... Addressing the opposition that he has, okay? Some people are saying, ah, oh, this guy is just timid, okay? He can only write big words, but otherwise he has got no power. And he says, okay, don't, don't force me <laughs> to, to come with the authority that I have in Christ. Because he had, and he has authority in Christ, of course, we know. And even us, we do have. Okay, so... Uh, we demolish the arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought that makes to make it obedient to Christ. Okay? You know, sometimes in our thinking we, we come up with ideas that are not under the authority of Christ. So we must, we must discipline our thinking to be under the authority of Christ. We must discipline our ministry to be under the authority of Christ. You know, the ministry must be in line with the values of, of God himself. If it is not in line with God, then we are, we are not able to win anything. Because a weapon that uh, defeats itself is, is not going to help anybody. So Paul says... Every thought must be 
brought into the obedience of Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. So in other words, when you become an obedient person, anything that wants to go outside of the line, you are able to bring it into line. You punish that thing. That means you are you're cutting it off. You're, you're not allowing it to go further. And this is what we have a responsibility to do. Okay? We are not people who are indulging in whatever is, uh, is, 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 is interesting right now in the world. Okay? But we are people who have to bring everything under the authority of Christ. Every act of, 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 of disobedience must be brought into complete, complete uh, obedience. So Paul says you are judging by appearances. Okay, you know, you know, there was this uh, uh, TV comedy which uh, was called Keeping Up Appearances, you know. I'm sure those of you who have seen it, uh, you know, you, you realize how people are cunning to try to be something which they are not. You even change your name to sound very, very different when it's, it's actually very, very ordinary, you know. You are bucket, but you call yourself bouquet. <laughs> okay, appearances, you know, and and people people are putting so much effort on appearance. Okay, I mean, if you look at some of the uh, ministries or churches or whatever you call them, you know, there is so much money being spent on appearance, isn't it? to make it look in a certain way. So you are judging by appearances. So in other words, if there is a, a, a man coming to just preach the word of God and he's looking uh, not as highly uh, um, you know, uh, refined like you, you think you should be, you are, you are saying, ah, this one has got no power. Okay? And yet, that is nonsense. Okay? And, and that was the, the, the fate that Paul was suffering. They were looking at him and said, ah, this one is just making tents. Who is he anyway, you know? So he has, he has got nothing to offer. You are judging by appearances. If anyone is confident that they belong to Christ, they should consider again that we belong to Christ just as much as they do. So in other words, the, the bottom line is not the appearance. The bottom line is our relationship to Christ. Okay? The bottom line is not how big your car is or how big your mansion is or how much money you have in your bank account. That is all appearances, you know? Which, is, which means nothing at the end of the day. So even if I boast somewhat freely about the authority the Lord gave us for the building up rather than tearing down, I will not be ashamed of it. I do not want to seem to be trying to frighten you with my letters. For some say, his letters are weighty and forceful, but in person he is unimpressive and his speaking amounts to nothing. 
such people should realize that what we are in our letters when we are absent, that is that we, we will be in our actions when we are present. Okay? So Paul is actually using that argument that is there. So you can imagine what kind of characters he had to deal with. They were not just receiving him in the love of Christ and says, okay, we are here, we are waiting, we have been waiting for you to teach us and build us up. No, there were all these arguments. And you know, these human arguments are always there. I think we talked about these things in the, in the morning, isn't it? These are the things that we are contenting with. And, and Paul says, you know, we have authority and God gave us that authority, but not to tear down, but to build up, okay? So our interest is not to show your power for the sake of power, but God is giving us the power to build, okay? Sometimes, of course, before building, you have to uproot, but uh, the power and the authority that God has given me is a power to build, okay? And, and we must understand, for you to have the ministry of Christ, you have the power to build. Okay, there's a process in the building. Okay, there's a process for you to clear the land. There's a process for you sometimes to uproot the wrong stuff. You know, if you go to, uh, to the book of uh, Jeremiah, you find that Jeremiah was told uh, to uproot, you know, to, to tear down, to destroy. Uh, I mean, before he could build and plant, there were four other things that he had to destroy. Okay, that is part of the authority. But Paul says, my... my my authority is in building up, not in tearing down. And the, weapon of these, the weapons of this world, they are, they are actually weapons to destroy. Tell me one weapon which, uh, which is building something nice after being deployed. Okay? Tell me, tell me, is there a weapon that, like that? You know? Like, we have seen some buildings which are completely destroyed because, you know, they, they, they throw uh, grenades or bombs into it, and what is left over is just rubble. Have you seen a bomb which is being fired, and then, whoo, a wonderful skyscraper comes out? Have you seen that? No. So, Paul is saying, the weapons we have are the weapons which have the essence of building up. And uh, you can very easily differentiate between a weapon that destroys and a weapon that builds up, okay? The, 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 the word of God is a word that builds, okay? Yes, of course, it divides. It must divide. It must divide the useless material from the building materials and proper building materials. Yes, the word of God will be able to uh, read the deepest you know, thoughts of our mind and deal with them, but it's all meant to build. Okay? It's all meant to eventually bring forth fruit in our life, not to destroy. And this is the difference. You know, the devil's uh, authority and power is an is a authority and power of destruction. That is the God of these worlds. Okay, this God with a small g. He is there out to bring down the lives of people, destroy the lives of people, kill wherever he can, steal wherever he can, you know, bring destruction. And we see that very, very clearly. 
But the weapons of our warfare, the word of God that we carry, has the power to build up. Okay? You can, you can pick up somebody who has just been trying to, uh, to, to, cause, uh, to, to commit suicide and make him into a very powerful, word-built individual who can confront the powers of darkness. Okay? That is what God has given us the power to do. So the word of God is a word that builds. And this is what Paul brings out very, very clearly. So this is the ministry that we have. Okay? So Paul says, so even if I boast somewhat freely about the authority the Lord gave us for building up rather than for tearing down. Okay? (laughs) Some people think, ah, this is not authority. You know, authority is, uh, you know, when you leave a lot of uh, trail of damage behind, then, then you have had power. Okay? But that's not true. That's not true. This is not the way God works. God works in building. Okay? Sin destroyed. You know, God created Adam in his own image and likeness. When he sinned, he lost it. But the word of God is rebuilding. The second Adam came in the, in the image and likeness of the father. And now that is the responsibility that we have, that we bring back the image and the likeness in the people that God has entrusted into our lives. Okay? Building up, not destroying, not to pull down, not to tear, but to build up. And Paul says, if I have to boast, then I boast in that. Okay, so he's accused that he has got letters which are very weighty and forceful. But they, they are saying when he's here, he's very unimpressive. And his speaking amounts to nothing. So, you know. Now, that should not discourage you. I mean, this will happen to you as well. And uh, I try not even to hear such things. You know, I hear, I hear, of course, sometimes people will say nice things about you, but sometimes behind, their, behind your back they say other things. But, you know, of course, if, if there is a bit of criticism, try to, to, to see whether they are right. But on the other hand, don't be intimidated. Okay? Don't be intimidated ever. God has given you a ministry and you need to be faithful to that ministry. Okay? If your word is, is forceful coming to uh, do the building process, then let it be, okay? Never use the, the word of God as a weapon of the mass destruction, but use the word to build, okay? And of course, some people, they are standing and masquerading on pulpits and they are, they are, they are threatening people that they have got the power to, to do mass, mass destruction, Okay? No, the, the word of God is not for that, okay? You know, you have all heard this dangerous prayer issue, you know? You know, where people are intimidating others, be careful, otherwise I will use dangerous prayers on you, you know? That is total nonsense. You cannot use the word of life as a dangerous, as a dangerous prayer, you know? You cannot make God your, your, your tool to, to bring somebody else down. Okay? God is not a puppet. God is God. He's a holy God. Okay? And people who are talking like that, they have no clue who they're dealing with. 
they don't have a clue about the nature of God. Because otherwise they would not say things like that. Okay? So Paul says, I'm not ashamed. Okay, I'm not ashamed. And we should not be ashamed. Okay, we should not be ashamed. Let people say what they want. And that's why I said earlier on, when you're on the pulpit, be blind. Okay, don't worry what people think or what people say. Of course, sometimes you can see, the, you can read the thinking on people's uh, forehead, you know. And you know, I mean, all of us, I think we have, have experienced, you know, at times when you're preaching to a, to a receptive audience, ah, it's so easy to preach. But sometimes you preach to people and you feel the, the wall of coldness. You know, you feel the resistance which is there. Have, have you experienced that? Okay, so never mind. Even if you sweat, just sweat. Okay, but, but just, just be blind to these arguments, to these pretensions that sets itself up against the, the word of God. But just keep, be, keep yourself faithful to deliver the word. You know, whether, whether it's easy or difficult at the end of the day, get it done. Okay? And this is what Paul says. Paul, Paul says, you know, whatever you say, I, I don't care. I'm not ashamed. I know what I'm doing. I know the authority that I have. And every one of us must be in such a position. You know, we must know the authority that we have. We must know the, the power of, of, of the words that we carry. Okay? Whether people call us unimpressive. Anyway, we are not even interested to, to impress others. What we want to see is a change. Okay? I'm not doing things to impress anybody. I'm doing things to deliver the word of God. Okay? You know, the, the world standard is now to, 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 to play to the gallery, you know, to impress other people. You know, this is what... what, uh, what the advertising industry is doing. They impress, trying to impress the people so that they go and buy their, their stuff. Okay? Even if the stuff is useless, oh, they package it so nicely. They make it look so nicely. They have got people who are talking so nicely about that product. You know, even children, they will say, oh, this is the best. Okay? Because they want to sell something. When in reality, it may be just lousy. But people buy it because they easily get carried away. They easily get deceived. Okay, now that's not our, our interest. We are not there to impress people. We are there to lead people into the truth. Okay? I, I could care less about the impression that, that people have of me or that, that I make. You know, if, if as long as I'm faithful and, and honest with my, with my del delivery of, of, of the, the work that God has given to me, that, that is enough. Okay? Be faithful. That is enough. So what Paul says, you may differentiate, okay, about my letter and my, my, my being, but it's one and the same person. I cannot be I cannot be divided, okay? The words that I write in a letter are the same words that I speak when I'm there, okay? There's no difference. I'm still the same person. So 
So he says such people should realize that what we are in our letters when we are absent, we will be in our action when we are present. Okay, so he's not trying to do image building, but he says this is what the word of God is and this is what we will be. Then he says we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who condemn themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves by themselves, they are not wise. Okay? You know what children do when they come home from, from school and, uh, you know, their parents ask, okay, how, how did you do in the, in, in the exam, okay, or in the test that you did? Uh, they will be very fast to say, you know, my friend was much worse than me. <laughs> Maybe your friend was the last one, you were the second last, but then you compare yourself <laughs> with the last, you know? You don't compare yourself with the one who is in front, okay? Or even worse, when you compare yourself with yourself, you know? Now, what standard is this? The standard is not us. God has given us a standard, and everybody has been to be measured by the standard of God. Okay, so... Paul says we are not wise when we are uh, excluding the standard of Christ, okay? When we are not measuring ourselves in, in the, on the image of Christ. You know, we should come to the fullness, to the full stature of Christ. When you measure yourself on the full stature of Christ, where are you on that stature? Okay, where are you on that scale? That's the question. Not, oh no, there is somebody who is actually worse than me. So what, what is that? What, what, what kind of... A, uh, advantage is that that you are better than the worst. Okay. So Paul says we dare, we we not dare classify or compare ourselves with some who condemn who 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 commend themselves. Okay. Isn't that today a very very uh, common practice amongst the so-called men of God? Okay. People who commend themselves, okay? People who are lifted on a, in a pedestal. And, you know, there are always such people who are willing to, to, to uh, start a cult of, of, of their star, okay? It's not much different than in the entertainment world. You know, there are people who have got the star cultists, whether they're in football, whether they're in movies or wherever they are, you know, they're becoming stars. And meanwhile, you don't know that these stars are, are actually just covering up their own weaknesses, Okay, I think it left some shivers in the in entertainment world in Zambia when one of the stars in one of these uh, thing I don't even watch that, but uh, I was just told there's somebody who was very famous uh, committed suicide. Now you look at these people as people who are role models, you know, and then in, then tomorrow you hear they have con uh, committed suicide. Now what kind of role model are you know? If you have made this person your role model, you are doomed. <laughs> That's very sad. So let's stay away from such kind of stuff. You see, Paul says, I have no need to classify or compare myself with anybody who commends themselves. Uh, my, my recommendation is from God, not from men. Okay? And that's why, you know, in my ministry, I've learned one thing, not to, not to really bother about what people say or think. Just, you know, compare myself with the call God has given me. 
Okay, am I fulfilling that call or not? Okay, am I am I lagging behind or or can I can I really be on the level that where God wants me to be? That's what is, is important. So let's not be unwise, but let's be wise. That's why Paul says, we, however, will not boast beyond proper limits, but will confine our boasting to the sphere of service God himself has assigned to us, a sphere that also includes you. So in other words, what Paul is saying, you know, I, I, I will not boast outside of what God has given me to do. And my sphere is actually including you because... God called me to start this church in Corinth here. It's my word, my preaching that brought you into the kingdom of God. Okay? So you, you, you're saying his words are in, unimpressive. Meanwhile, you don't realize that without this man that you are talking about, you wouldn't even be there. Okay? You wouldn't even be able to understand anything about God's kingdom. You'd still be in the world in, deep in sin. And so Paul says, you know, we... we keep ourselves to the confines of the call of God. You know, the assignment that God himself has given to us. And that is what we want to walk in. That is what we want to stay in. Extremely important that we do not mix up these things, you know. The moment you are trying to make a name for yourself and you're trying to be impressive to other people, you already lost it. You know, you have lost it. And that's why we must stay in what God has given us to to, to, to minister. Okay, we, however, will not boast beyond proper limits. Okay, there are proper limits in your ministry. Make sure that you discover those proper limits. Don't go beyond them. Don't, don't use the limits of the world because the world standards are rotten standards. We are not going too far in our boasting as, we, as would be the case if we had not come to you. For we did get as far as you with the gospel of Christ. So in other words, what, what Paul is saying, uh, if, we are, if we are saying, thank God for the, for the church of Corinth, thank God for what God has done in, in, in this church, you know, that, Paul has a right to do that because he's the one who founded it. He's the one who, who laid the foundation. He's the one who was the apostle of, 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 of Corinth, okay? And so you can't, you can't take away from him that this is what he has done, okay? You know, if I boast about Go Center, uh, I, and I'm not doing that. I'm not, I, have you ever heard me boasting about Go Center? But even if I would, you know, I have a certain limit, a certain right to say, it's me who came here into this place. There wouldn't be a church today here if I was not here. You understand? If God did not call me and say, start putting your foot down here. I came here when there was bush. Okay? When, when people were using this place as a hiding place to steal. Okay? And God told me, you know, not, not, not my own idea, not my own uh, uh, research, but God brought me here. God directed me one day to drive here and there was nothing here. There was, there, there was not even a road going anywhere, you know? So I stopped here, somewhere opposite that gate, which, is, which now is no longer there. There was a gate opposite, which was the Chinese uh, yard. And of course, to that gate, which was not used actually, there was only a, a footpath up to the f next gate of the Chinese uh, in front there. I think all of you, you know that, that other gate. That's where, that's where there was a small road up to that place, you know, because these were the, the, the Chinese construction camp here, uh, the people who built uh, what used to be... Uh, 
planned as, as Unip House. You know? okay? Now it never became Unip House because it never got finished. Uh, and uh, now it's government complex. Okay? So these were the people who were staying here. So when I came here, all I found on this side of the road was bush. Okay? Thick bush. And not only bush, but uh, waterlogged place. Okay, the place was, was in, in, the, in the rainy season, it was very waterlogged. And when I went to inquire, they said, now there you cannot build anything because uh, this is a waterlogged place. Okay, when it's raining, we have water here for sure. But have you built something? So if I'm boasting, and I'm not, you know, please don't misunderstand me. I'm, my interest is not boasting. But if, if I did not hear God calling me, if God did not bring me here, I don't think there would be a church here. Okay? So, you know, if Paul says, my fear includes you in Corinth, you know, I have a right to, to, to uh, use this as the field of my ministry and speak about the field of my ministry, then that is a proper limit, okay? Because this is what God has given me to do, okay? Like I could say, God has brought me to this place. I put my foot down. And let me tell you, uh, to, to get the place that we have today here in this, in, this, in this place, you know, was not easy to get. Do you think people came and said, uh, oh, we want you to have a big place like, like uh, what it is now? No, actually, they, they fought me tooth and nail. Okay? The council, they insulted me. Okay? But the light is stronger than darkness. Okay? For three years, three years, solid three years, I was at the council two times or three times every week. They got tired of me. Okay? They tried to call, just to throw me out, but I was not to be thrown out. Okay? Somebody told me once, you know, when I asked him, okay, how long will this still take? Because there, there was now a certain process, and the guy answers me uh, with a brazen answer. He says, 99 years. Okay? Then I rebuked him in the name of the Lord. <laughs> he says, my friend, I just want to warn you. If you stand in God's way, God will remove you from this, from this very place. Okay? And you know what? It didn't take a month. The man was gone. The man came to my home at President's Lane and he says, you, you are, it's your fault, I've lost my job. <laughs> Actually, it was not a dangerous prayer. It was that, you know, uh, and I'm not saying this is what we always do, but sometimes, you know, when the authority of God gives you boldness, you can make a declaration and the declaration is going to stand. And I told him, the one who got you fired was you. You know, you fired yourself because you tried to stand in the way of God because I didn't come to ask you anything for myself. I came something that God has decreed for me to have, okay? And you tried to stop it, and you could not stop it. And they said, now that you're out, you will see how fast this thing will go, and it went, okay? So, you know, sometimes you have people who are trying to block you by every means possible in the book, but they can't block you. You know, light will always win the day, will always defeat darkness. Life will always win over this. You know, the, 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 the thoughts that we have is that 
death is stronger than life because at the end of the day, we all end in a coffin. But that's nonsense. The coffin is only for our flesh and blood, which cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So it's actually good riddance, you know. One day, will, my body must go because this body has given me too much pain in my life. Okay? So thank God for the gift of my body, but I don't want to have it for eternity. I want to have another body. And I know that body is waiting for me. God is preparing that resurrection body which doesn't know pain anymore. Okay? Which doesn't get tired anymore. Okay, so don't, don't allow the, 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 the surrounding or the, the, the values of this world to influence your thinking. Death can never defeat life. Okay? The devil tried to defeat the, the son of God. Okay? The prince of peace. The source of life. How far did he get? You know, yes, of course, he could kill the body, but even the body could rise again. Okay? Not only Jesus in his, in his, in his eternal soul, but even his body rose again. So that the people could actually prove, you know, yes, indeed, it is Jesus who was nailed to the cross. Even when Thomas said, no, I mean, I, w- I want to see for myself if it's really Jesus. And that was immaterial because that was just a body. That was just flesh and blood. But Jesus kept that body for a while so that he could be seen even by the doubting Thomases of this world. Okay? So that they could see, okay, for sure, this was my, 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 my Lord and my God. Okay? All of a sudden, everything changed. He was very bold to say, no, I'm not believing unless I see. And then he came and says, Thomas, come here. And, and he, he was humbled. And he said, my Lord and my God. You understand? So, really, we, we are people with, with, with a powerful assignment that God has given to you. And that assignment is including the place where you are, where God has put you at this particular time. Okay? So, don't take this lightly. And uh, there, is a proper, there is a proper way of uh, boasting, you know? Not, not in a wrong way, but in a proper way of boasting. And Paul says, if I say you, Corinthians, are within my sphere of boasting, what can you say? Because without, without me, Paul, there wouldn't be a, a Corinthians church. Okay? I came in the obedience of God, and I, I, I laid down a foundation, and I, I, I'm, 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 I'm still here to, to, to serve you and build you up. Of course, they couldn't have an argument. But Paul says in verse 15, neither do we go beyond our limits by, uh, by boasting of work done by others. So in other words, Paul says, I'm not boasting what other people have done. You know, some people are very good. They are always trying to boast about, about things that they have never even done themselves. Isn't it? Our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, so our, our sphere of activity among you will greatly expand so that we can preach the gospel in the regions beyond you, for, the, for we do not want to boast about work already done in someone else's territory. But let the one who boasts boast in the Lord, for it is not the one who commands, commends himself who is approved, but the one who is commended by the Lord. Okay? So let your commendation come from God. You know, we all know that one day uh, when God is calling his servants, 
whom he has given the equipment, whom he has given the resources to do the work. He will call them back like that uh, story that Jesus tells us, you know. Some of us, you know, you know we, we may have gotten more than others, but we will be responsible for that more than we, that we have. Okay? And uh, what God is looking at is not how you compare to your friend. You know, the one who has five, uh, five uh, uh, talents uh, must not boast above the one who has got two talents. Okay? What he must focus on is the five talents must be employed into the work so that they win another five talents. Okay? And then when the master comes, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. So that's why, again, you know, competition here is a completely misplaced issue. You, you, you deal with, with what God has given to you. You, you, you. you use what God has put in your hands and you multiply it. Okay? If it is less than what another one can do, don't worry because you are faithful with what you have. Okay, the, the, the servant who had two, two talents, you know, he could look at the one who has five and say, ah, oh, it's not fair. This guy has five. Why, why not me? You know, why can he get more? But, but the Bible tells us according to their ability. Okay? God is the one who gave you ability and according to that ability, God will assign you the resources that he gives you. There's nothing to worry about. Okay? If you're not utilizing 10 talents, then you will be a failure, okay? Just like the one who had one talent and didn't use it. He was a failure, okay? Take away from him and give to the one who has five. Or now has 10 because he has brought another five. Okay, so let's understand that God really wants to expand our our ministry to territory beyond where you are. Okay? I like that, that uh, line here when, when Paul says, so that we can preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. For we do not want to boast about work already done in someone else's territory. If somebody has a territory where you are, leave that territory out. There is a lot of territory which is not, not uh, utilized. Okay? I mean, if you drive through, through Zambia, you come to uh, Chisamba, you see a lot of farms there. Now, it would be foolish for you to say, I make a farm in somebody's farm. Okay? They would throw you out. They would lock you up. You understand? But then you, if you go to Mbika, okay, my brother, if you go from Serenchen to Pika, how much land is lying there with nobody is touching? Yes. And, and how many farms are there? Uh, there are very few. Very few. Yes, the land is free. How many villages are there? How many cities are there? Very few. Yeah. So there's bush, bush. Imagine bush. So if you want to have a territory which is not used by somebody else, go there. I'm sure even the, the chief of that place if, you know, would be very happy to say, oh, you want to come to my territory? Well, take, take as much as you want. And it's, it's actually very sad that, you know, what we don't do, the Chinese do. They take that land. 
They utilize that land. I mean, now you find Chinese in every corner of Zambia, and, and, and Zambians are saying, no, there's no land. Lusaka is already taken. Lusaka, you know, okay, if that territory is taken, there's a lot of territory which is free. This land is big. Okay? I, I, you know, when I, the first time drove from, from uh, uh, Lusaka to, to Kasama, and I, I was uh, on that stretch at least, you know, let's say go to, from Lusaka to Coverbelt, uh, you have a lot of development now. It was not always like that. I mean, when I came in 1982, you could drive a long time before you see another development. But at, at least every now and then you have got some build-up uh, place. You have got some people who are selling tomatoes on the side of the road and things like that. Okay? Then you turn off in Kapiri, you go to Mkushi. Okay? You know, Mkushi is not right on the road. You have to go inside. But at least there are a few things here and there. Then you go to Serenche. Again, it's not directly on the road. So you, you go. But, but one of the things that, that, that struck me, you know, that I drive through 300 kilometers from Serenche to, to Mbika, and all I see is bush. I mean, literally, I don't know now because I've not driven there for a long time, but in those days, there was nothing but bush. Even now, the district declared that you love Shmanda, but there's nothing here. Nothing. So why don't you go and uh, claim that district, you know? Imagine. That's why it's good we have somebody who is in Pika. He can uh, go into territory which is beyond. Okay. You know, Zambia is big. And it's underutilized. You know, imagine all this land would produce a crop. Right now, you know, the, the wheat prices will go up. Because one of the biggest producers of wheat is Ukraine. Okay. They have been producing wheat, uh, I think they are uh, bigger than, than most others, you know. And they have a very, very fertile land, you know. Uh, they have got what they call black soil, like, you know, we have in some places here. Very, very uh, fertile land. Okay? So they have been supplying to Europe, they have been supplying to Africa, they have been supplying in many parts of the world. And now that there's war, you know, Everything is on a standstill. So now you should go and get some land and, and, and plant wheat. Okay? Land is 800 parts per hectare. Mm. If you are buying more than 10 hectare. Imagine, 800, 800 kwacha. I mean, 800 kwacha. Here people are wasting 800 kwacha in, 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 in five minutes. Okay? And there you get a hectare of land. My goodness. You know, if, if you say, I can't, I can't, I can't afford uh, 200 hectares or 300 hectares, then get 10, you know? Or put monies together, buy as a group, it's even cheaper. Exactly. <laughs> yes, why, why don't somebody explore that, you know? And there's a lot of water. Praise God. So what else do you want? Water <laughs> and land. <laughs> no, I think it's, it's very important. You know, I mean, now this is in the natural, but it's very similar in the spiritual, isn't it? Or it's, it's, you know, we learn from what is happening in the natural. First the natural, then the spiritual. Okay? So don't go, don't try to go into somebody's territory, okay? When there is so much territory which is untouched and untapped. Okay? Imagine. 
now everybody wants to go where there is already something growing. You know, I mean, you you pass you pass uh, uh, those those nice farms along Cavi Road, and you say, ah, you know, oh, hmm, oh, and some of them are for sale. Okay, uh, there was a farm on sale, but it was it was millions. Now. What is the difference? Land is the same. You just, just go to, to, to Kasama, get a hectare for 800 kwacha, get 10 hectares, get 100 hectares. You know, you can, you can find a way to, to finance it. You know, we finance it together and, and we get it. And within a few years, you have developed like the Tizamba farms. You get my point? I'm, I'm so happy, you know, because we have got uh, pre- people who are, who are really doing that, like my, my, my brother Levy, you know. He has gone into the land uh, and, and he has uh, found land where, where, where he could be able to... Uh, land that was not occupied, huh? land that uh, was nobody's territory, but he has put his foot down and he's, he's growing, he's, he's, he's great. Okay? So, you know, there are so many things that we can do. Okay? Also in the spiritual realm, you know, don't try to, to steal the sheep from other churches. Uh, those guys, they will give you a headache, you know. Don't, don't try to do that, you know. Find the people in the, in the world. And others who will, who, who, who will see sense with your message, they may still come and join you. But don't try to start from there because you will never go anywhere. Okay? Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord's. Because he's the one who has given us life. He's the one who has given us our ministry. He's the one who is supplying all our needs according to his riches in glory. Okay? For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. You know, let your ears hear what God says. Well done, good and faithful servants. Amen? Because then... Nobody can have an argument. If you praise yourself, somebody will demolish you. Okay? So don't praise yourself. It's not necessary. Just live your life in humility and in gentleness, just like Paul said, I come to you in the gentleness and humility of Christ. That's powerful. And I appeal to you on that level, okay? I could come to you with, uh, with a smashing authority, but I'm not doing that, okay? I come to you in gentleness and humility, and I appeal to you, and that is the ministry that God has given to you and me. It's a powerful ministry, you know? Never underestimate the ministry and the calling of God in your life. It is so powerful, so huge, so wonderful, okay? It's a treasure, in a, in a jar of clay, but it is powerful. Amen? Amen. God bless you.